MS sucks. I know. I've lived with it since 1998, and man, it's been one hell of a roller coaster. When people ask, how are you doing? I say, fine. Great. Really? Most of the time, it's a lie. Because we're programmed to hide our struggles. I'm not a doctor or a researcher. I'm just a normal guy talking from experience. And let me tell you, sharing those experiences with other people living with MS has made my life a hundred times better. So get ready for a belly up to the bar, honest conversation with real people who at first hesitate to tell the truth about life with MS, but eventually let it all hang out. I'm your host, Jim Fairchild. How you really doing? That right there is Andy Becker singing at a benefit concert he put on with his wife and friends for Bike MS. I hear that and I think, man, Andy can sing. I also know that Andy can do triathlons and he is currently training to swim a 10K. He was diagnosed with relapsing remitting MS when he was 30 years old, six years ago. You know, I see his ability to do endurance sports and what amazes me is the contrast of pre-diagnosis Andy and after he got his MS news. Before MS, he was a packeting smoker and addicted to video games. World of Warcraft, he says, which he sometimes played 16 hours a day. MS was for sure a wake-up call for him. And I personally so respect the ability of people to make changes and acknowledge MS in their lives. I've had it for over 18 years, and it took me well over half of that to make serious changes and definitely a long time to acknowledge my disease instead of denying it. I just wanted to be normal. I didn't want it. I just wanted to be the gym that I always thought I could be, right? Well, admittedly, Andy's symptoms aren't severe right now, and he hasn't had major hurdles like being bedridden or having a major exacerbation in the last six years. But that does not stop his fear of knowing that he has a disease and wondering what's going to happen tomorrow. We all think that, right? What's going to happen tomorrow? I'll admit it, when I see how much Andy does, I measure myself against him. And then I remind myself that MS is different for everybody, and I have never been one to do triathlons, so I can't measure myself against that. I need to be fair to myself and not compare. To be honest, right now my legs are so fatigued and they have atrophied. You know what? I'm not able to walk. But looking on a bright side, I did get to ride a mile with Andy during this year's Bike MS, and that is an experience I will never forget. It was life-changing for me. My abilities are different than Andy's, but we share the brotherhood of MS and the camaraderie of human connection. I learn from him. I enjoy his company, and I get a lot out of being around his positive attitude. You know what? I'm just plain thankful for having Andy in my life. I hope you enjoyed listening to what he has to say and also listening to him sing again. Take it away, Andy. Wow, Andy, I mean, you can really belt it out. And uh, love that song. Uh, has singing always been a part of your life? Uh, mostly, yes. Up until, well, starting about high school, yeah. And what is it about singing that you enjoy? 
honestly, my whole family is band people, and so I was the dark side, and went over to uh, singing. And I just I enjoy being able to act. I enjoy being able to portray feelings and senses with my voice, and I found it was a niche for me. So, with your MS, do you forget about your MS when you're singing? Depending on what I'm doing, um, the the song is from a benefit concert for Bike MS that we, that my wife and I, put on. Uh-huh. So no, I didn't forget about it then, um, but. If I'm at the bar singing karaoke, yeah, it kind of goes away. It goes out of my mind for a short period of time. Well, uh, like you had just said, the the song that you sang was at a, a benefit for Bike MS that you and your wife put on. And uh, I know that was really successful. Uh, did you get a lot out of that night and, and what the reasoning was behind it? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was, I think that was the the highlight of probably my performing or my singing uh, since I was diagnosed. I mean, probably more longer than that. Um, just cause we brought in, um, another guy who came in, um, who also has MS and, and we just kind of both decided to do this and sing. And, mm-hmm. and it was just amazing, amazing community support. And, and I mean, we pulled in, so many extra donations that night alone and it was just it was a lot of fun we performed in the space my wife and i met and met at um, oh cool yeah so it was it was really cool besides singing uh what are some of the other passions that you have uh i love to travel my wife and i try and make it a point to go somewhere every year um last year we went to new york city and um stayed with one of her good friends um and went and saw, we saw two Broadway shows and just did the, the NYC thing. Her and I have been to Europe a few times. So that's sort of mm-hmm. one of our big, our big once a year pastimes that we love to do. Um, and then the last couple years, well, since my diagnosis, I've been really passionate about indoor, endurance sports like triathlon and marathon and, and other things that go along that line. So you kind of say that kind of mildly, but triathlons and marathons in my eye are huge you know the fact that you do those is amazing um and the picture that i want to paint about andy is the andy that i have met is in great shape and you're doing all these different things and uh your ms is a little bit at bay um but can you talk about the Andy pre-diagnosis? And then I'd like to get into what your symptoms were, what they are now. And so I'm kind of wanting to compare and contrast Andy before diagnosis and Andy now. <laughs> uh, okay, where do I start? Um, so I was diagnosed February 1st, 2010. Yes, I was diagnosed at 3 o'clock in the afternoon driving home in rush hour traffic. So that's my memory remembers that real well. Before I was diagnosed with MS, I was um, I was in grad school, and when I wasn't in school or student teaching, I'm a choir teacher. Sorry um, to interrupt. Um, how old are you now, and how old were you when you were diagnosed? 36 now. I was 30 when I was diagnosed. Okay. Um, but before that, and I'm, I'm laughing about this because I find it kind of funny, um, I, was, uh, I weighed 220. I was a pack-a-day smoker. I did... 
nothing athletic whatsoever. Um, and I was hopelessly addicted to World of Warcraft. That was my pastime. Uh-huh. Against my wife's likings and actually down to a point where she finally said, you need to turn it off. We're done with, with the game because, you know, it's affecting your social life. Um, so, yeah, so I was sitting... Uh, the spring break that before I was diagnosed, I was... I was logging 16 hours a day on World of Warcraft. and um, okay, I, You could call that an addiction. It I was an think. addiction. It yes. was 100% an addiction. Yeah. Um, along with the smoking and, you know, I, I have a bit of a t- an addictive personality. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started having uh, numbness in my fingers. I started getting optic neuritis. So it looked like I was looking through um, water through my left eye, hmm. which really is not cool when you are very left eye dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the army. I was in the army reserves um, before I was diagnosed. Uh, I was the lead singer in the rock band for the band up in Vancouver. And basically I knew something was going on and yeah, it was pretty crazy. It was wild. My, uh, my diet consisted of a lot of fast food. I, I lived a pretty oh, unhealthy lifestyle basically. So yeah, it was weird <laughs> to look back. That's a different person. That's not even well, me anymore, right? And so, when you went to go see your neurologist, did you know what MS was? I had done a very minimal amount of research um, because my optic neurologist, this other lady, said it could be this. I don't think it is. And when she said that, then of course, you know, like any regular human yeah, being, my starts clicking. I get online, which was yeah. like the worst thing to do. Um, I, know. I think there's a Google fear. You that, know, once you start Googling multiple sclerosis and you hear all the different stories, it gets scary. Yes. And, and I finally, I got in with my neurologist and actually when I was getting the appointment set up with my neurologist, um, his, uh, receptionist said, don't go online. Hmm. Like yeah. flat out said, don't go online. Because we would rather, if there's something actually wrong, let's talk about it instead of you freaking out. So I went in and he said, you know, well, he called and basically after my first meeting said, yeah, you have, you have MS and let's have a meeting. Let's get together and let's figure out how to, where we go from here. So you're 30 years old, had been married for how long? Mm, You had to ask that. Uh, Five years. Okay. Uh, how did it hit you guys? It hit me really hard. Like when I say I was driving home in rush hour, I had to pull over because I was crying because it's kind of a huge hit, you know. When, well, especially when you hear it over the phone. When you hear it over hard. the phone, yeah. yeah, it's just like, oh my gosh. So, um, you know, it was my wife is super supportive, and you know, we kind of we had a few hard days. <laughs> yeah, you know, at the very beginning, and then it was one of these things where, you know, she's. She was like, well, what do we need to do at this point to move on from it? I mean, I was getting my, my master's degree so I could go be a teacher. Like, uh-huh. like you know, <laughs> I can't quit doing grad school right now. Um, and I really want to continue doing what, you know, I'm finally getting, you know, it took me 10 years to get my bachelor's degree. So mm-hmm. I really had a goal. Um, but yeah, so I, I got in with my neurologist and, and he basically said, you need to get your butt in gear and like get healthy because that's going to be a huge thing for you because you're out of shape and you need to quit smoking which I already had 
quit smoking. Like when something started going wrong, I was kind of like, eh, I think I need to put away. You know that there's so many different viewpoints of MS and how to take care of things. Uh, what's important, what's not. Uh, I'm a big believer in diet. And so talk to me about your thoughts on diet, what you do, what has helped. Um, and it obviously, you know, it's not always that somebody can kick smoking and change diet. And so if you have addictive personality, it seems like you were able to switch a lot of things. So tell me how that has helped and, and what kind of a part of your life it is now. Um, diet is not as big as I would like to admit. Okay. I say with a kind well, of... now you're kind of ruining my whole thought. Cringy look. No, no, no. Just let me get there with it. Okay, okay. I, okay. Don't worry. I'll, I'll wrap you around. All right. Um, thank you. <laughs> um, it... It didn't start out that way, um, it, and it wasn't because of MS. Um, my diet is pretty strict now, but that's because of doing the endurance things. And um, I pretty much cut out all fast food right off the bat because it's mm -hmm. bad for you. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't a like, oh, this is gonna be better for MS. It's, oh, I weigh two twenty and I need to cut weight. And you know, it wasn't a way for MS because I was cutting weight to try and get healthy. Mm -hmm. But so, you know, I cut out all, pretty much all, um, ref, not refined, um, preserved, processed, preserve, process, thank you. Uh -huh. There's that word I was looking for, but pretty much all processed food, um, for the most part. I mean, we still do the occasional prepackaged frozen, whatever. I mean, there are certain staples in our household that my wife works out till 730 at night and I work out pretty late and it's like, we need to make something fast. So there's some stuff, um, but I pretty much cut out all fast food, which was the big one. I don't eat a lot of red meat anymore. Well, I would say there's a huge success story, which is what I like about the compare and contrast with the <laughs> old Andy and the new Andy. Uh, there's such a, a great success in that part of the story. What hurdles have come about for you uh, during this process? I mean, has your MS gotten so bad that you couldn't do anything? Have have you been uh, bedridden at all? Or uh, has any of that happened during this it, during this six years? No. And that's where I like always kind of feel weird talking about it because it hasn't. I mean, I've had fatigue. I've had those days. But I also found that getting out and going for a walk or going for uh -huh. a swim. Uh, this morning, I was not feeling it this morning. I was really not feeling hot this morning. Yeah. But I got up and it took me a while, but I got to the pool. And after that, just, just a little bit of that exercise where it's like, okay, now we can move on with the day and get the blood flowing, get the blood flowing. Yep. And get light in those dark places yep. and, and get things moving. So what I really enjoyed with you, Andy, uh, is that this year I did bike MS for the first time and so cool. I was on a recumbent and I was extremely worried about being able to bike. Um, uh, it was great because I got a horrible UTI right before a week before and so I was in the hospital for three days. I'm like, I can't do this bike MS, but I really, really wanted to. So uh, I got to ride with you or you were nice mm -hmm. enough to ride with me. And um, I felt a freedom on that bike that I have not felt in so long, you know, to be able to ride and then just coast and cruise and just 
feel that breeze on my face. Uh, I was very, very thankful for that. And uh, I got a lot out of it. What do you get out of biking and what do you get out of being involved with Bike MS? I, biking has, of the triathlon, the swim, bike, run thing, I, biking has always sort of been my, that's my happy place. Uh-huh. Um, and and kind of like you say, where it's like, I can just go, you can't, when you're really biking fast, and I like to go fast, um, you can't have a conversation with somebody. You're in your own world, um, and as long as you're not getting hit by cars or falling. Um, Which is good not to do that. It's only happened once. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of, it's, I don't want to say it's out of body, but you're moving in a way that human bodies aren't meant to go, and it's cool. Like going thirty miles an hour down a hill, it's a total trip. It's free because you're like it's very free. Well, and it's it's also terrifying, and it's yeah. and it's it's exciting, but you can't have be excited because you have to be focused on exactly what you're doing. It's just this mash of of feelings, and I I really like that. Um, uh, but you also said something uh, when you first got here about setting goals and how important mm-hmm. that is for you. Um, I find that to be very important as well. What does that do for you when you're setting a goal and, and aiming for something? Um, when it's difficult, when your MS is acting up, when it, what does setting a goal do for you? I think it gives me a reason to do what makes me healthy and what keeps the MS at bay. I firmly believe that exercise over anything else. And yes, I mean, I, I take Rebif. Mm-hmm. I do my injections three days a week, um, but I, I just in my my brain and my my soul, um, I know that exercise is what has kept everything at bay. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I have a goal, like my next goal is um, the Applegate 10K open water swim. Wow, which will be what six point two miles. Um, Swimming, 6.2 miles. Piece of cake. No problem. <laughs> I'm terrified. Uh, it's my weakest of the sport. I'm nervous for you. <laughs> um, but having that, having a long-term goal, um, my big one was when I was diagnosed was Ironman. Mm-hmm. And it was a wow. two-year I mean, four goal. I mean, from diagnosis to my actual, the actual Ironman, it was four years. Mm-hmm. And, but it was that, that thing to look forward to and to when you really wake up and feel terrible and you just... You know, you're fatigued and, you know, among all the other issues that we get, you know, where you get in your own brain about, oh, I have MS and what's going to happen to me down the road. Oh, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. And oh, it's just like... That's my worst enemy. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely my worst enemy. And, and I call it the dark place. Yeah. Um, and I've been there a lot this, you know, this summer, but I found that having a long-term goal is like, it'll pull me out of bed where I'm like, all right, I can get up. I need to go work out because uh-huh. if I don't do this, then, you know, that goal that's a year away is going to be null and void. So it's, I love goals. So, yeah. Well, you know, you said a little bit ago that, uh, this personality trait of yours to set goals is unhealthy. I would counter that and say that it is very healthy, uh, because it's, it keeps you going. Yeah. And and I'm just, I, I believe like you do that exercise is, a critical aspect of this uh it's so hard um you know fatigue is probably my biggest symptom so uh what i tell myself is that oh i'm so tired i don't think i can exercise the kicker is that 
you have to exercise to not be tired. So, so do you find yourself being less tired after you exercise? Then? I do. Yeah. You know, but it's, uh, it's really hard when I'm so tired and what goes through my mind is, oh, I have MS. Is it going to be worse if I exercise? Even though I know that it's going to be better because I've done it before and before and before. And, uh, but it's that, that record player in your mind that yes. uh, you just worry about being more tired. Which I think, I think that that was when I first started this great adventure mm-hmm. uh, that is my life. Um, <laughs> I like that. It was my life. New life. My new life, yeah. yeah. Um, I think part of what helped me is once I really set that my big goals mm-hmm. um, is, you know, I, I, I hired a coach because I was finding myself not being accountable. Yeah. Like I was doing that. Like, uh, I need to run today, but I just don't feel like it. I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm fatigued. I just, I can't do it. And I, I got a coach and she mm-hmm. was loving and very nice, but also very, she would hold me accountable. Mm-hmm. And I also was paying money. And part of me is I, I have a tendency if I'm paying for something, I want to show I want to actually yeah. utilize it, you know, um, which I think is where the race goals come to mind. Because if I've paid for a race, then I'm going to. I'm going to do the race because I paid for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but and she held me accountable, and my wife is really good at saying, "Hey, what's your workout today?" Uh, I'm supposed to swim, but I don't feel like. No, you need to go to the pool. Well, like that's pretty good, you know. And she's she's been a huge rock for and realistic. I mean, she's smart. And yeah, she she knows me. I know that you just went through an exacerbation, and you changed your work schedule. Can you kind of talk about that? And and how did that happen? What did you do? So. I was dealing with a lot of stress and fatigue. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with the beginning of the school year coming. It was a summer. Um, we talked about it at Bike MS. Um, we talked about it in support group about this whole self-care thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you were there for for the entire weekend of Bike MS, but I, I, feel, I feel like one of the nights, and I could be totally wrong because my brain doesn't always work, um, but we talked about self-care a lot. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I was just, I was really struggling and to a point where I wasn't getting off the couch all day type of thing. And I could tell something was going on. I went in for an MRI and met with my neurologist, um, Thursday before school started. Um, I had talked to my principals a little bit about it, but you know, he basically said, you know, if you can, I agree with you that you might want to lessen your workload if you can make it work. I talked to my principals who I told when they hired me three years ago, mm-hmm. I mean, after they offered me the job, that, hey, I have MS. Just letting you know, there are going to be some days where I am going to call in sick because I had a bad shot reaction or right. I just don't have the energy. And they're super supportive principles. Like, um, Which, I, you know, is a blessing. I yes. Think. Yeah. And, and we've talked about that and I've talked about that um, with a lot of people and and not all bosses are like that. Right. Um, but so basically they said, look, we can make this work. Um, let's talk to the district office, district office, the superintendent. I ran into her um, at school and she was like, Hey, I want, you know, we are supporting you 100%, whatever, you know, whatever workload you need to work. Great. That's fine. I, we support that. And so kind of put, made that ball roll. I mean, we did it within two days. The school district had everything changed around and, 
I have a recipe that I think about, all the little bits and pieces that make me better, that if I follow this, then I will be better. Do you have something that you do that might be a little bit different than what anybody else does to keep you motivated and, and keep you in a, a good positive place? Yeah, and I, 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 I struggle saying this because it can come across as incredibly insensitive. Um, I have a mantra that's I don't want it taken wrong. Yeah, <laughs> um, because I'm my situation is not as bad as others, um, but I've been saying this for a few years now, and um, and it's it's really bad, um, but good for me. Um, MS was the best thing that ever happened to me, and that's sort of my little mantra that I was. Compared to what I was, mm -hmm. I'm a different person, but I'm a much better person. And when I get into my really dark places, <laughs> uh -huh. and that we all have, and that, that woe is me, I feel bad for myself, I have MS, and you know that you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. I remind myself of what I was before. And while the one... Thing that has remained a positive in my life is my family and my wife but there were a lot of negatives that that I didn't I don't like who I was back then right and you know I don't I don't like that person um, and I'm a better person for it now and I just have to remind myself of that and you know if I'm out on a long run or a long ride and I'm feeling awful I remind myself of that like hey remember in 2010 when you couldn't run a mile yeah and you were unhappy and think about now and it's that's really kind of a it's it's weird to say that because i mean i've had people look at me like what are you talking about you right <laughs> it's i get that to you i get that and uh there is a silver lining you know mm -hmm. ms isn't something we'd ever wish for mm -mm. but there are things that can come out of it that hopefully do make people better uh I feel like we learn more about ourselves yeah. when we're diagnosed because, you know, it's like anything traumatic. When you're hit hard with something traumatic, which, hey, you have MS, is really traumatic, mm -hmm. um, it makes you reevaluate your life. It makes you reevaluate what is a priority in your life. Mm -hmm. And I, at least it did for me. I mean, others, you know, obviously everybody is their own person. But that's, that was my thing. It was like, I really sat down and said okay what are the priorities here mm -hmm. and and i think that that is what helped a lot of you know the path that i'm on you know family is is a priority and health is a priority is work you know working overtime for no extra money is that a priority not really yeah <laughs> doing things you don't really want to do that you don't have to do i mean we all have to do things we don't want to do but that one thing that I don't really want to do, do I have to do that? Is that a priority? No, it's not. Well, and I think that comes down to self-care and the ability to say no. Yeah. I could not say no for the life of me. And it really was an issue with my health, with my marriage. Uh, because if anybody said, hey, Jim, can you do this? Oh, yeah, I can do that. Because I thought that's what would keep me going. That's what would help my career. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I just couldn't say no. You have to have enough um, respect for yourself, respect for your self-care to know that saying no to somebody else is important to help you. 
Mm-hmm. And that's that's how you can can stay healthy for sure. Well, we're in a society that is a yes society. You yes. know, we're expected to work overtime. Yeah, and we're expected to do all. We these should things. do this. We should yes. do that. And you know, and that's not what is healthy, especially for those of us who are dealing with things like MS, fibromyalgia, any of those things that the blind, the invisible diseases. Yeah. It's like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Yeah. I can't do that. I may look normal. I may act, but there's a lot of things that I really can't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a pet peeve that uh, that somebody may say, or uh, that, and and how do you handle it? Um, well, I mean, this is an audio thing, but I'm I'm a pretty fit guy, uh-huh. <laughs> and so I do get the oh, you look fine. I get that a lot. Yeah. Um, my mantra, or not my mantra, my response is always, I'll trade you. Yeah. That I mean, and, and I'm very stern, not stern, but very straight-faced about it. Yeah. You know, I had I had somebody, when I said I couldn't do something recently because yeah. I couldn't do it because it's, again, that self-care thing. Well, I mean, but you, you look fine. I mean, you'll be fine. Right. And no... Well, no, you look fine. You, you don't I'll tell you what. Him. I'll trade you. Yeah. Let's let's just let's just walk a mile in my shoes, please. Yeah. For you know, just a day, I'll trade you. I would gladly give up having to give myself shots three days a week. Yeah, gladly. <laughs> you know, I'd gladly give up having waking up every morning going, okay, we're good for another day, or okay, I feel really bad today. So. And what about the worry? What scares you? I'm worried that I'm going to wake up one day and not be able to walk. Mm-hmm. That's that's my biggest fear. Is like right. I mean. I'm knocking on wood. Because, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's MS. <laughs> you, Who knows? You can't predict it. Yeah, you can't predict it. It's different for everybody. Yes. You hear all these stories of bad things happening. You also hear stories of good things happening. Mm-hmm. So, And and even, even those people who are, you know, who are becoming, who have had relapses to a point where it's actually pulling them to a point where you know they're less mobile and those things there's so many positive people out there you know like you you're always positive you're always smiling and i and i like that Mm -hmm. i think that's what drew me to you know hook up with you on that on that the the ms smile Uh because it was like jim's just smiling like it was so cool you know i gotta say that bike morning um Boy, there were so many things that were going against me. Uh, I didn't think I was going to be able to do it. Um, I actually had a friend that uh, she ran along mm-hmm. for the whole mile uh, to make sure I was okay. And I did get it done. And I was smiling so much from my heart. I mean, it just came out. Oh, you were glowing. I mean, you <laughs> you were like glowing. It was, it was so uh, cool. When I crossed the finish line and I looked over and I saw my two daughters who are 15 and 14 years old, I mean, my heart literally exploded. I mean, it just burst. Mm -hmm. And there's a picture that we got afterwards that uh, other people have looked at and said, Jim, you, I haven't seen you look that happy. And it was that challenge. It was that goal. It was completing something. Mm -hmm. It was that feeling of freedom of being able to coast and being able to I mean, the sun was out that morning. It was a beautiful morning. That that goal that pushed me to get there will change me 
in the sense that I want to do more of that. I need to experience that more and I need to figure out how I can make that happen for myself. Mm -hmm. Andy, I thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, I appreciate what you do and, um, Man, I didn't know you could sing so well. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you can really belt it out. It's a secret. Yeah, well, the secret's out. Dang. So, yeah, um, you keep on doing what you're doing, and, and uh, I will keep on paying attention to what you do because this is a connection that has helped me. So thank you so much for, for being here and, and spreading your good thoughts. Thank you. This was fun.